today I, I have a, a, a very special blessing. This, this uh, young man, and I say that very respectfully, he's a couple days older than me. Uh, he, has, he has been very instrumental in my life. He is, he is one of the guys that helped me to look at things completely different in Christian life. I met him when I was a very young Christian, uh, just gotten saved. When I started our first church in Tyler, Texas, his kids, uh, they, had their, they had a worldwide band. They traveled all over the world. And uh, I was in Texas, and God spoke to me and said, I want you to do a concert. And uh, I said, okay, God, praise the Lord. What do you want me to do? Our church is about three months old. We have about eight people in the church. And he said, I want you to rent the, the big auditorium in town. And I said, God, we're, we're three months old. And as you all know, God speaks to me kind of strange. And he says, yeah, and that matters why. So I went and talked to the people, and the people said, sure, you can have it. And I told him, and I said, what we're going to do? And I said, I tell you what, how's free sound? They set up the chairs. This auditorium was, was six thousands. We had about six or 800 people come to the concert. Well, Nathan and, and, the, and uh, the whole group was called Illustrator at the time. They said, hey, not a problem. We're driving right through there. Well, right through happened to be 500 miles north, and they made a detour just for us. And so this is the character of this man. They came, and there's a whole lot more to that story, how God showed up, and it literally became a battle between good and evil. I'll tell you the story sometime. But this man has been instrumental in revolutioning my life. Two years ago, three years ago, when we first started this church, uh, he took a group of us. As I said, he's led almost 150 tours to Israel. Took a group from this church to Israel. If you're interested in Israel, this is the only tour, and I know many of them, this is the only one I recommend. And if you want to know about it, you can talk to him. But I want you to welcome a very dear, dear friend of mine, Mr. Ken Goff, Dr. Ken Goff. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. Amen, amen. Everybody excited? Boy, I tell you what, the Lord's here, isn't he? Good things are happening and I'm excited about it. I, I really look forward to coming. I've been places in my life I look forward to leaving. So <clears throat> I look forward to coming and being with y'all, and I believe the Lord is here, and I appreciate Pastor Tim and his lovely wife, Jewel, so very, very much. I had a good time of fellowship yesterday, and with Sherry that came from Iowa, I told my wife about this, our going out and having a good time last night, 
eating, getting a little better acquainted, told about Sherry. I didn't know much about Sherry, but I said she came here. I don't know what she's doing. She's probably moving here. So uh, that's probably what. But anyway, <laughs> God's a good God, isn't he? And that's what is happening. I'll tell you what. People say, you must like everything. I don't like everything. No, I hate mushrooms. And I don't like cats. You know, I'm sorry, but I just don't like cats at all. God shouldn't have made them things. And uh, Noah should have drowned those two when he had a chance. <laughs> there are only two of them there, you know. My wife loves cats, and she's got cats. And I got a dog. She don't like dogs. I have a dog. She has cats. We live out in the country on 10 acres, and we, she got them cats said they eat the mice in the field. That's why we have them, evidently. And then we went to town and said, let's buy some cat food. I said, no, let them eat the mice. <laughs> I didn't spend no money on the cat, you know, but she likes them. And I come home one, why am I saying this? But I come home one day, and she's up in the tree on a ladder trying to get the cat down. Say, he'd been up here for five days. And I said, well, you get down off that ladder. And I put the ladder away, and she said, what about the cat? I said, you think I care? What do I care? But I said, let me ask you a question, everything you have to look at intelligently. I said, have you ever in your lifetime seen a cat skeleton in a tree? They don't die up there. They come down. You know that's true. Isn't that right? So, you know, I don't know. It's just something sick about them cats. You know, I don't know. That's why you go to the hospital and have a cat scan. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> Something about that. You go to Alaska, they got dog sleds. They ain't got no cat sleds. I've been up there. And they have dog obedience schools. They don't have cattle. You can't teach a cat. You can't herd a cat. No, they they own you. If you have a cat, they own you. You know that. And they learn to run the can opener, you're out of business. So, you know, it's just kind of the way it is. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I'm bothered by anything that, that bothers me, like, when I was a kid, my mom bought those dented cans. We were a poor redneck family. You know, we were too, you know. And anyway, mom bought those dented cans because they were cheaper. How many know that? And it worked great till one day the hammer fell off under her coat and they caught her. So, you know, they didn't have to do that anymore. <laughs> Funny stuff happened, you know. <laughs> I'm bothered by anything that insults my intelligence. Like, you know, we, we don't do grocery shopping, got people do that for us, but we, my wife had me go one day, she had to get something she forgot, and we, she said, go with me, because I'll get waylaid by people, so go with me, so I went with her in the store, and I saw a sign that said olive oil, and underneath it said made from olives. I hate that. <laughs> it didn't come out of watermelons, you know, I know what it's made from, it's like insults your intelligence, isn't that true? They say vegetable oil made from vegetables. We know that. Corn oil made from corn. <laughs> I told my wife, let's go check out the baby oil. <laughs> I want to know where it came from, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> well, if your hair falls out today, you've got to figure out what kept it in yesterday. And then you'll make it. Isn't that true? Amen. I hate stuff that just makes me crazy, you know, like like the word abbreviation. Why is it so long? 
know, there should be a little two-letter word or something, you know, I don't know, just kind of the way it is, but God's good. I called a number the other day and got an answering machine, got a busy tone on an answering machine. You know, technology is getting away from us. I don't know what's happening. But people ask me all the time, said, well, what is it you do? I said, what I do is win people to Christ. That's what I do. Giving God praise and not me, and don't clap for me because I don't like that because uh, God's the one that does things. Clap for him. But last year, I led 297 people to Christ, one-on-one outside the church, traveling, and I got approximately 260 of them involved in churches. Amen? So that's kind of important to me. And uh, I don't do it because I'm just good at it. It's just people beg me every day. They're begging me every day to witness to them. Sometimes I go through an airport and people say, how you doing? <laughs> I used to say, fine, great, wonderful. That didn't win nobody to Christ, so I quit it. And now uh, when they say, how you doing? I say, I'm glad you asked me. Since you ask how I'm doing, I wouldn't be rude and walk away and not tell you. And they're freaking out. They're just standing there. They never get mad at me because they started it. It's their fault. And I tell them in two minutes what God's done for me. And I did that the other day. And as they walked away, the lady said, why would you ask him that? And the guy said, I don't know, but he answered it. You know, they couldn't figure it out. But I think it's wonderful. Amen. I was in Chicago one time. airport was crowded. And, and a guy came over and said, excuse me, he said, is this seat saved? I said, I don't even think it goes to church. But I said, we can pray for it. What do you think? He said, no, that's fine. And he, but then he said, what do you do for a living? I had to tell him. There it is again. They do it all the time to me. Every day they're begging me to witness to them. We went out to eat last night, and they had that little stand where you put your name in for get in line, find a table, whatever. And uh, I said, wow, this looks like a little pulpit. I said, are you going to preach? She said, no. I said, I got out some money. I said, I was going to give in your offering. She said, I'll preach. <clears throat> and I had a little chance before we left just to get a word in. You can always, anybody can do that. Amen? See, I believe that your pastor, and I love him and his ministry, or I wouldn't be here. I just appreciate what God's going to do. This church, one day you'll have a staff big as you got here today. I mean, God's doing stuff. Amen? But your pastor's a shepherd like my pastor's a shepherd. And he's not the major soul winner in this church. I mean, he can win souls, but he shouldn't be the major soul winner. Because, see, I go to Israel, and I've never seen a pregnant shepherd. You'll get that on the way home. But anyhow, <laughs> it's important. It's sheep bear sheep. Amen? Amen. Turn to somebody and say, I think he's talking about you. Amen. So... Everybody can win somebody. I make up new stuff every day. Got a book about it, got tapes on it, do seminars on it. But I, I make up something new every day winning people. All the time. I, a guy got on the airplane one day and his leg was in a cast and he had crutches. I said, what happened? He said, I fell off a 12-foot ladder and broke my leg. I said, oh, that's too bad. I said, I fell off a 30-foot ladder one time. And everybody stops him. Really? Yep. You get hurt? Never got a scratch. How would you fall off a 30-foot ladder and not get hurt? I said, I fell off the bottom step. <laughs> and then everybody said, what do you do for a living? See, they are begging me every day. I mean, 
That's why I'm winning people all the time. Amen? Because they're begging me to witness to them. So that's what I do. I think it's important. One guy, was, we were standing on the plane in, in New York, and we'd come back from Africa, and there was a couple guys standing there. I think they were friends, and they were talking. One of them said, man, I'm tired. So I've been awake 48 hours. I said, 48 hours? Oh, that's a long time. I didn't butt in. I just commented. And the other guy said, oh, that's nothing. He said, I've been awake 55 hours. I said, whoa, that is a long time. He said, what's the longest you stayed awake? I said, 17 days. Everybody stopped. 17 days, you never stayed. I said, I stayed awake 17 days, and I can prove it. One lady said, how did you stay awake 17 days? I said, I slept nights. And two or three people said, what do you do for a living? So you see, people are begging me all the time to witness to them. And if nothing's happening, I make something happen. I hate it when nothing's happening, don't you? Don't you hate that? Because you never know, if you don't do anything, you never know when you're done. Can't take a coffee break. So, you know... <laughs> I wonder if people at the tea factory take coffee breaks. <laughs> I just thought of that. But anyway, you know, I just think about things like that. I, I think everybody can win somebody to Christ. I believe in this church and every church, everybody is a minister. Not everybody has a pulpit. But everybody can be a minister, amen, and talk to somebody and win somebody to Jesus Christ. And not just win them and get them involved in the church. Our seminar, we talk about how to catch fish and how to get them involved in the church because that's almost more important than just catching them. You don't just catch a fish and leave them lay on the bank to smell in two days, so it won't work. But I, I think everybody can do it. And you say, well, I'm shy. Oh, I don't believe in excuses. I mean, lead shy people to Christ. You say, I don't know what to say. That's all right. They're shy. They'll wait. They'll work it out. Amen. Everybody can touch somebody's life. Isn't that true? I, I got to tell you, I was on the plane one day. They upgraded me to first class, and there are four seats here and four here. So there's eight seats in first class, and I'm sitting in 1B. And nothing was happening. Nobody doing anything. And we're eating breakfast, and I thought, this ain't right. We got to do something. So I asked the lady beside me, I said, you want to buy my yogurt? I didn't even know where I was going with it. I just made it up on the spot. See, I make up stuff like that. So she said, no, thank you. I have yogurt. So I asked the people behind me. I got up and reared up, looked kind of two people behind me. I said, you guys want to buy my yogurt? They said, no, we, we have yogurt. Thank you. I asked the guy across the aisle, you want to buy my yogurt? And somebody said, why is that guy selling the yogurt? And I, he said, no, I have yogurt. And the flight attendant came down the aisle. I said, you want to buy my yogurt? She said, no, I, I have yogurt. We have all kinds of yogurt. Why are you selling the yogurt? I said, on the orange juice, it said drink for your health. So I drank it. On the yogurt, it said sell before July 10th. <laughs> they don't want you to eat that stuff. They want you to sell it. And two or three people at the same time said, what in the world do you do for a living? There they are, begging me to witness again. And one guy sitting across the aisle in the back seat, 
said, you know, that is good. That's the best I've heard. He said, I'm a Baptist preacher. I'm going to start selling yogurt. <laughs> well, that's not the answer, but the answer is to be a witness. Everybody can be a witness. Amen? I was in Applebee's eating by myself one day, and she brought my meal. And I said, excuse me, uh, do you mind if I say grace over my meal? Now, do I need permission to pray? Then why did I ask her? It's a way to witness. And she said, oh, no, it's okay. Go ahead and it's, it's okay. People do that. I said, is there anything in your life that you'd like me to mention to God while I'm praying? She started crying. And she said, I'm going through a terrible divorce. Please pray for me. And I prayed. She stood right there while I prayed. Isn't that something? There's all kinds of ways to witness. Amen? So I do it. I make up new opportunities every day. It doesn't bother me. People said, I get embarrassed. You know, I don't bother. I got to get on a plane one day. You said, dirty mouth guy. You ever heard of seeing them guys? Whoa. I thought, phew, this is terrible. And so I sat down on my seat. And wouldn't you know it, he's sitting beside me <laughs> with that dirty mouth. He, his mouth, he was so dirty, he needed a roll of toilet paper. That guy had a dirty mouth, I'm telling you. And he sat beside me. I decided to hit him right up front with it. I said, you want to go to heaven? He looked at me like, well, who's this guy? He said, no, not really. I said, then go to hell. <laughs> Before that flight was over, I had a chance to talk to him. <laughs> Praise God. There's all kinds of ways. I, I'm telling so when you start with here. But anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about changing your thinking. And we're doing it right now even because we need to do this. But I sat beside the biggest chicken farmer in, the Ameri in America on the plane. And we got to talking and he said, you can't ask me a thing about chickens I can't answer. I thought, I get this one. So I said to him, which side of the chickens got the most feathers? He looked at me and he said, that's not important. I said, I didn't say it was important. I just asked which side's got the most feathers. He said, I don't know. I said, I thought you knew everything. He said, well, that's stupid. I don't know that. And I said, it's the outside. The guy will never be the same, I'll tell you that much right now. Amen. Praise God. Amen. When you, when you leave this morning, I brought some of my books and tapes and videos and stuff. You have to take a look at it back there. My life stories book is back there. Not my whole life story because things happened to me this morning that aren't in the book. But, you know, there's other things. And we got success books and tapes and videos. You just have to go back and check it out. We got some humor stuff. We got all kinds of stuff. And we got a balanced life seminar that talks about your life, your decisions, about your health. How many believe your health's important? I took off 75 pounds because God want me, wants me to be a temple, not a cathedral. So I, I did that. And, uh, you know, and we got some other stuff in there that talks about uh, your future. See, I don't believe you decide your future. I believe you decide your habits and your habits decide your future, and your passion decides your habits. Like if you have a habit of tithing and giving, I can tell you about your future. And if you don't have that habit, I can still tell you. So we talk about that. We talk about money. 
because I think money is important. Jesus spoke more about money and did anything, stewardship and so on. And I believe we ought to be debt-free. We have a debt-free ministry, even though we spend thousands of dollars every week in radio programs and all kinds of stuff for ministry. But we talk a lot about how never to make a monthly payment on a car or house or anything, break it down to weekly, what day of the week to pay it, how to make money on a credit card and not use it, and all kinds of stuff. You just have to check it out. And we have done some seminars uh, together with Dave Ramsey. The last one, he's the best, and last uh, one we did was in Texas. Of course, he believes in cutting up the credit cards, and I don't. I believe that if, uh, and of course, we agree together. We did a seminar together, <laughs> and I believe if you don't have discipline, you better cut up the credit card. But if you have discipline and you can keep a credit card, we show you how to make money on the credit card and never one time use that card. So we do stuff like that, and we've done stuff together. So you'll have to get back there. And if you take the buy the seminar, I will uh, give you a discount because we do this the first time we come to a church. And then all if you buy the seminar, all the other books and tapes and videos and CDs and DVDs, I give you free. Just give them to you, okay? Then we got a brochure for a Holy Land tour. We're going in August, but it's sold out. But we're going in November again. Take a brochure, and maybe you'll decide to go with us. I got the bulletin this morning. I didn't know what to speak on because it said notes, and there weren't any. So I just have to do the best I can with it. But I want you to turn to Luke's Gospel and chapter 5 and verse 4. I'm speaking from the King James Version this morning. You don't need a King James Bible to go to heaven, but when you get there, one will be issued to you. And so in Luke 5 and 6, Jesus said to Simon Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. What in the world was Jesus talking about here? He was trying to take Simon Peter's mind and change his mind, change his thinking. He said some things that were unusual. Number one, if a person is a fisherman, anybody here a fisherman? You're a fisherman, Sherry? How about that? Did you know, you know, if you go fishing with somebody that's a fisherman, you don't tell them how to fish. That's number one. They know how to do it. Jesus telling Simon Peter how to fish, and, he, you know, he knew that. And then the second thing, he told him to fish in the daytime. You go to Israel with us. We um, stay at the beautiful Sheridan Hotel on the shore of Galilee on the beach. And uh, you'll see fishermen bringing their boats in in the morning. They fished when? What did Simon Peter say? We fished when? All night. So you don't tell them to fish in the daytime. That's crazy. Nobody does that on the Sea of Galilee, Lake Gennesaret. It's the only body of water in the world that they call a sea that is not a sea. It is a lake. It's eight miles wide, 15 miles long, and 150 foot deep at the deepest spot. Jesus said here, launch out and let down your nets for a draught, for a big catch, in the deep. You know, that's unusual. Because I've talked to these fishermen, and there are no fish in the deep, in the Sea of Galilee. Did you know that? There's no fish there. There never has been, and there never will be, except this one time. Because when Jesus tells you to go fishing, you better take your tartar sauce. You're going to catch fish. 
but he told him to fish deep. What was he actually doing here? Jesus was trying to change his thinking so he could produce a miracle for him. Simon Peter said, we fished all night and caught nothing. Not one time do you find in the Gospels where Jesus commented on the excuse. People say, well, I can't win souls. That's the pastor's job. No, it's everybody's job. Everybody's a minister. You may not have a pulpit, but that doesn't matter. You can minister, amen, and touch somebody's life. Buy somebody a cup of coffee. Do something, and that's important. So Jesus was trying to do something here, trying to get Peter to think potential and to think of what could happen if he went out in the deep. He, number one, Peter acted on the words of Jesus. Did you know that? He said, nevertheless, I will let down the net. Nevertheless, I'm going to do this thing you're asking me to do. See, I believe today, with the world in the mess it's in, is the church's greatest hour. I believe that. I believe things are happening. I believe God's doing things. Even in China, 30,000 plus people a day finding Jesus as their Savior. So God's doing things, and I believe he put us here. We were born to win people to Christ. We were born to live above negatives. We were born to live above circumstances. We all face things. Everybody faces something. Isn't that true? It's how you react. Life's 10% of what happens to you, 90% how you react to what happens. We've all had bad things happen. But God is a big God, and he cares about us. And so he was trying to change the thinking of Simon Peter. And then I think number two, he was trying to get Simon Peter to guard his mind. Because his mind's saying, as his friends were on the beach too, they had their boat there. Because you find later they were saying, come out and help us. So they must have been right there on the shore of Galilee also. So he, he, they had to guard their, he had to guard his mind because they don't fish in the daytime. Maybe, it doesn't say it here, but maybe his friends said, where are you going? We're going fishing. Fishing? You just got back, and you didn't catch anything. I know it, but Jesus is in the boat. And he said, go, so we're going to go. He said, nevertheless, I'll let down the net. He didn't say here he'd catch fish. So he had to guard his mind. You know, if we want miracles in our life, if we change our thinking, we have to close the doors of our mind to the negative, to what people say can't be done, to what people say is impossible and in failure and whatever. Close our mind to that. I do all the time. And I open the doors of my mind to the Holy Spirit and to positives. You say, you're talking about positive thinking. i tell you something. Positive thinking is a lot better than negative thinking. Amen? <laughs> so anyway, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we have to... Open the doors of our mind to possibility, to a miracle in motion, to what God can do. That's what Simon Peter had to do here. Doctors tell us that some people have uh, thinking they're sick when they're really not sick. They're sick up here. They think they're sick. I was on a plane one day, and a lady was just wringing her hands. Old lady sitting beside me. I said, what's the matter? She's shaking. She said, I'm afraid to fly. I said, do you fly a lot? I've never flown before. I said, we're on the ground. How do you know you're afraid? We're not in the area. She said, oh, I'm, I said, listen, no plane can crash while I'm on it. She said, how do you know that? I said, I'm here. I fly all the time. So I'm here. 
She said, but a plane crashed the other day and everybody died. I said, I wish I'd have been on that plane. She said, what? I said, lady, listen, I can't keep them all up. I'm keeping up the ones I'm on. Amen. So you have to look at the positive. There's always people that are negative. They want to be that way, let them be that way. A lady was coughing the other day on the flight. She was going, <coughs> she said, I'm trying to catch a cold. I said, I hope you're successful. <laughs> I don't argue with them. I don't give a rip. That's what they want. Let them have it. You know, our job is to believe God. And that's what Simon Peter had to do. He had to believe God because God created us in his image. And that is a positive image. Amen? Positive image. As long as I've known Pastor, I tell you what, Pastor, I love your attitude, I love your spirit. I call you once in a while just to talk to you on the phone. But he never says anything negative to me. He's always positive. God created us in a positive image. If you got negative, you got that way on your own. God didn't make you that way. The devil's negative. He came to steal, to destroy, to do whatever, to mess us up. And he tries all the time. Isn't that true? I had a guy sue me and put all kinds of stuff on the web about me, and I just had to ignore it. I hated it, but I had to ignore it. And my daughter, who runs our ministry, said, Dad, I'm so proud of you. You took the high road and let God fight your battles. See, God will do that. And so Simon Peter's going out in the boat here, and he had to some way focus on, on Jesus. He had some way to do that. See, if you're going to catch fish, you've got to get it ready in advance like a, a lady that had never been married. There's nothing wrong with that. But she'd never been married. And when she died, they found in her will that she wanted women pallbearers at her funeral. She put in her will, the men didn't take me out when I was alive. They're not taking me out when I'm dead. And so you get ready in advance. If you don't get ready in advance, you never make it. Simon Peter was getting ready in advance. But the devil will always come along and try to mess us up. Like them two boys in school, they cause trouble all the time. And the principal called their parents and said, we don't know if your kids cause the trouble, but wherever they go, there's trouble. Or when trouble happens, they're there. And the principal said, talk to them. So the principal, or the parents told the principal to talk to them. So he went, took them down to his office, and he put the older boy outside, said, sit on that chair until I'm done with your little brother. And he took his brother in and sat him in a chair. And for some unknown reason, he said to him, where is God? And the little kid's freaking out. And the principal said, where is God? And the kid jumped up and ran out there and met his brother in the hall. His brother said, what happened? He said, I don't know. But he said, God's missing. And they think we have something to do with it. <laughs> you see, the devil will do stuff like that to us. He is always trying to mess us up. Simon Peter's mind had to be cleared of the negative. He's going out in the deep where there are no fish. Now, why are there no fish in the deep in the Sea of Galilee? I asked the fisherman, Pastor Jim. Well, I've done this several times. What if I took live fish and put them in the deep? What would happen? They say in seconds they'll be gone. Why is that? It's 150 foot deep. Why don't they go there? They can't, they, they can't stay there because there's no food there. Where they go where it's about 40 to 50 foot deep, and there's fountains of water, springs of water coming up out of the ground, and that's where they feed. So that's where they go. Jesus told them to fish where there's no fish. When he tells you something, 
you want to listen. We don't always listen. How many know that? Somebody gave me a car. I need your car. And they gave me a brand new, well, one brand new. It had 19,000 miles on it. Cadillac. I was so proud of that because there's no payments. And uh, I had it for about two months. And a preacher from Vancouver came to our town. His car broke down. He was in trouble financially and everything. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, give him the car. I said, God, we need to talk. This is. Let me tell you how. I know you're busy up there, and I don't know who the new bookkeeper is. But, uh, you know, you spoke to that man to give me the car. And that's wonderful. If you wanted that preacher to have it, you'd have had him give it to that preacher. But you didn't do that. You had him give it to me. And so I'm going to keep it. So I told God. I went home. My wife said, well, you're going to give him the car? I said, why are you always in cahoots with God <laughs> on everything? You know, it just bothered me. Well, the next day he came to the office, and I went in the office. I picked him up at the hotel. And uh, I went in. I told my daughter, get the, get the title for the car and sign it. And she said, Dad, I know what you're doing. I said, you've given so much stuff away that you ain't going to have nothing left but a bicycle. I said, then God will send one of them preachers from India that need a bicycle, you know, probably. So I got the title. I went out. and I said, brother, God told me to do this. Here's the title. The car's yours. And he just fell over on the hood. i never forget that. And he just crying. And I stood there, and I was crying. Different reason. You got it? Whole different reason. I didn't get up in church and say, praise God, I gave my car away. That'd be stupid. <laughs> but I did thank God for obedience. We obey God. Amen? When you pay tithe, God don't need your tithe. Did you know that? This church don't send the money to heaven. He's got streets up there of pure gold. What's he need our stinking money for? Isn't that true? But it, he needs your obedience. So he can, as Pastor said, open the windows of heaven and do things for you. So Simon Peter was obeying God, and he focused on the Lord and started trusting God, and and uh, he realized that he was made in the image of God. Isn't that wonderful? We're made in the image of God. You're special. You're wonderful. You're number one. You're the best. You're great. God don't make junk. He made you. Turn to somebody and say you're special. Amen. That's so vitally important. So I think that Simon Peter did this, and they went out there, and they dropped down the net, and they caught so many fish, the boat almost sunk. And they called their friends and said, come on, we know it's daytime, but come on, we're catching fish. And the Bible said Simon Peter fell down at Jesus' knees. And all of us fell at his feet. Isn't that true? Why did they fall at his knees? He was knee-deep in fish. I made that up, but I like it. So anyway, <laughs> it was so great. And they caught all those fish. And Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. And they left boats full of fish and followed the master. Because, see, they obeyed God. They made a decision that counted. You know something? Last of all, we need to think about decisions that we make, that they're quality decisions. Not just anybody make a decision. I was driving the car one time, and 
uh, speeding and a cop stopped me. <laughs> I tell you, I married a cop's daughter, so I can say this. When you need a cop, you can't find one. And when you don't need one, they jump out of the trunk and give you a ticket. <laughs> and so I made this this cop come up to me. He's a big guy. And he come up, and I rolled the window down, and he looked in and said, <laughs> he, he caught me on the radar. He said, I, I've been waiting for you. I said, I got here quick as I could. He laughed so hard. I had more fun with him. <laughs> Amen. And another time, I made a U-turn. And as I made this U-turn, the cop was right behind me. I never saw it till it was too late. And I jumped out, and I ran back to his car before he could get out. You ain't supposed to do that. But it's a little thing I learned from my father-in-law. And I, I ran back, and I said, what's the problem? He said, sir, you can't get out of the car. I said, yeah, I did. It can be done. He said, sir, you cannot make a U-turn here. Did you see the sign? I said, that's why I made the U-turn. He said, you can't do it. I said, yes, I did. You did too. It can be done. <laughs> but the sign, did you see? I said, that's why I made the U-turn. I wanted to go straight. The sign said, no, U-turn here. <laughs> and this is the gospel truth. He looked at me, and he said, get out of my face. <laughs> so I took off. <laughs> oh, I tell you what. we got to make quality decisions. Let me tell you, in my life, this year, giving God praise, in September of this year, my wife and I will have been married 60 years. And, and we've been in the ministry 60 years. So we're selling a big celebration this September. We made a quality decision 60 years ago. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Doesn't mean everything went smooth, I can tell you that. It doesn't mean we didn't face situations. You don't serve God just when everything's going good. Isn't that true? years ago this month, I was in my office building in Yakima, Washington, my main office, got a radio office in London, England, and my secretary called me and said, the highway patrolman just drove up. I said, I saw that. No big deal. We saw him in the car take, he had a big wide brim hat, and he took his hat off and bowed his head. He was a Christian, and he prayed in our parking lot. He got out of the car and put his hat on. I was watching him. And um, we got two-way glass. You can see out, can't see in. But I watched him. And it was almost like he hesitated to come into my office. By this time, everybody's gathering in the lobby to see what's going on. So I came downstairs. And he came in. He looked at me and said, Mr. Gobb. I said, yes. He said, I hate to tell you this, but there was a bad wreck a while ago with a semi-truck and a motorcycle. Your youngest son, Danny, was on the motorcycle, and he didn't make it. Everybody's crying. My wife is screaming. My wife said, no, God would not allow that to happen. And I was thinking the same thing. And I went outside the office. I was crying too, but I had to be alone. And I went outside my office, and I said, God, I'm not happy with this. If this is true, Danny's dead. I know he's with you, but I don't like this. And I know it's, I'm in church, and 
not a good thing to say, but the way it happened, I said, God, I'm ticked off at you for allowing this to happen. You could have kept my son from that accident. You could have kept him alive. I said, my son died. I came back in the office, comforted everybody. Somebody called, already called my pastor, and he came down, and I met him in just moments, and I said, Pastor, he said, I'm so sorry, Ken. And I said, man, I don't know what to do. I always know what to do. I said, I leave tomorrow for Utah. That church expects me. A lot of people got saved during that church, my ministry, and I, I go there almost every year. Shall I cancel? They'll let me cancel, rebook. Shall I take my wife with me? Shall we get out of town? We'll be on the news tonight. I don't know what to do. He said, well, you do what your wife wants you to do. I said, well, that ain't hard. I've been doing that for years. <laughs> so I said to Barb, I said, what, what shall I do? Pastor Tim, I was surprised at her reaction and what she said. She looked at me and said, Danny's in heaven. She was still crying. Said, there's nothing we can do about that. Nothing you can do about the past. The past and the future aren't even here. We live now. Neither one exists. The future don't exist today. The past is gone. All the bad stuff we had happen. Amen? That's gone. So you have to forgive and forget that. And I said, well, what shall I do? And she said, Danny's in heaven. We can't do anything about that. And he wouldn't want to come back anyway. We're all trying to get to heaven. She said, I want you to leave tomorrow morning on schedule, Saturday, go to Utah and preach, and win souls in Dan's honor. So the next morning I left, I got to the airport, everybody's hugging me and saying they're sorry for me and all that. And I got to Denver and I changed planes and I sat standing at the airport and a couple walked by. And the guy was smiling and he said, how are you doing? Not a good thing to talk to me right now. I was thinking. And I said to him, sir, I don't know who you are, but I ain't doing too good. But I'm going to do better. And I'm going to get through this. And I will make it. And I will be successful. And God will help me. He looked at me and he said, what in the world happened to you? I said, yesterday at this exact hour, my son was killed in a motorcycle truck wreck. And I said, I was pretty well ticked off at God. And I told him I was ticked off. But I said, I told God my son died. And God said, I know how you feel. So did Mike. And the lady started crying. So I let, in five minutes, I led them both to Christ right there in the airport. Praise God. So you see, you react right. You listen. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.